Thanks for tuning in to the Vertical Plus podcast. We always open the show with a discussion about this past Sunday's message. If you didn't catch it, you can go back an episode and listen to the audio version. Thanks again for listening. to vertical plus podcast coming in hot heavy handy hickory dickory dock let's stop there (laughs) okay (laughs) now i was curious to know where that was going oh whoa whoa danger danger hit that old space bar the restart um so chase we're back and and we're yep you seem like you're uh you're in a peppy mood man <laughs> well, yeah, the, well enough. Yeah, um, the truth is, behind the scenes, we just walked out of a pretty, pretty complex meeting. A so long, our, extensive. Yeah, um, our brains are a little bit exhausted, but so it feels good to be. Yeah, this uh, is refreshing. Yeah, here doing this. So. I just got word that I might be back on a normal human being schedule, and I'm. Very Was that the excited. best part of that meeting? Probably yeah. yes. <laughs> I knew when Chase said, wait, so you mean that I can, (laughs) I was like, oh, Chase is in. (laughs) It was exciting to watch. Yeah. Yeah. You like see the dots connecting, right? So here we are on the podcast, Killing Three Minutes. We're doing a great job so far. Because we can't recommend this, I should let everyone know that I'm six episodes into The Last Dance and I can't decide if I respect Michael Jordan more or less. I don't know. Well, I mean, that's a perfect segue into the teaching this weekend because I talked about him, but we're not three minutes in. Yeah, that's right. I just, I have to say something that struck me watching this so far is this guy playing basketball was such a minor slice of his life because he became such an icon. The other stuff crowded out the game. I'm more impressed now with his ability to play the game at the level that he did with all the other stuff he was having. You want to know when I I realized the actual vast acknowledgement of how great the bulls were in the nineties hmm. is when they showed up in Paris and, Oh yeah. And the French cared about Americans, the French <laughs> of all people who would have, th- those I, Americans, they hopped yeah. off that bus and everybody was like, um, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, <laughs> suck with blue. Like, they, <laughs> they, they had to literally shield him and like protect him yeah. to get him into the hotel in Paris. Some, some little bag boy walks up to him and says, Oh, can I get you a, a croissant? And then some other dude comes up and is like, you can't get it right now. And he's like, Oh, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he just I love the nod Jordan gives. He's like, not right now. And people just back away. Yeah, like, people are like, oh, we've that's off- powerful. We've offended yeah. a god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean to see the guys they're just it humanizes them so much. I think that's not to get on a big soapbox, but uh a part part of this podcast, that was the goal for us here is we want to make sure that the people who are attending our church, our community understand that, know that we can relate to them on a huge level. <laughs> no, are you, well they, are you paralleling we yourself to to Michael Jordan here? Is no, no, just okay. the philosophy of when you're, when you're able to listen to someone converse and talk and you get access to a person that you normally only have access to in a polished format, hmm. it just, it makes things different. And I think better, you know, like I do appreciate 
uh, more things about Michael Jordan than I did before. And I grew up watching this guy play basketball. We're over three minutes. Bro. Yeah, so we're going to keep going. We're no. going to blow. We're going to turn it into six minutes. I mean, um, I, talk, I talked this week, so it's fine. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> specifically last night, I'm seeing Pippen and Jordan after a game. They've they've taken the ten minutes to get in their suits and stuff, and they're they're having a beer, and then. Jordan sets the beer down and walks in and starts to address the media. Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's the part I saw on ESPN. But this guy's a dude having a beer after his basketball my game. My favorite scene in the entire documentary is when he and the white guy with the blonde Jerry curl are throwing, throwing the, the quarter. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I'm like, that dude is so competitive. Oh my gosh. I started trying to figure out, we have we have some carpet squares in our building. Maybe yeah. we should maybe throw we, quarters. Maybe we could do that. Yeah. yeah. Michael Jordan, along with Hannibal Burris, taught us that there are different things to do with money other than save it, spend it, or invest it. You can also gamble it. You can and, throw it against the got, wall, yeah. And it yeah. got him in some trouble. But yeah. yeah, we talked about Michael this weekend, too. I say that was the best scene. The second best scene, uh, I think, was in the early the early parts of the documentary where you're kind of getting a little bit of a, um, a look into his relationship with his father and kind of how they were very, very close. And later they're like best friends and he's there for the first three championships, like in the pictures beside him. But you see that a lot of what happened stemmed from Michael's early years and being kind of afraid that he wasn't going to measure up to his brother in certain ways. What, what did you think about that? Yeah. I mean, it, it's impossible for me to watch something, watch a man talk about his father and not, like I just completely dial in. Yeah. What is how is he going to describe this? But to see that it it kind of charts the course a little bit for him, and this was put in me early on, and and not even just by his dad, but by his entire family. You know, yes. seeing his uh, his brothers talk about it, and like I I get that, but yeah, thinking having a guy, and you know, we, I want to be careful. This podcast isn't just for men, but having a guy sitting there saying with all the stuff that he's got. I mean, how much, I don't know that anybody else I could think of has got as much stuff as Michael Jordan success, just the image and stuff. And he's still saying, man, that's something I wanted. Yeah. I wanted my dad to basically say, yeah, that that's, you're good enough. Don't get inside with your mom. You stay out here with the men. And you kind of wonder, and I won't, I won't spoil it for anything, but after, or for anybody, but after his dad passes away and Michael's a grown man by this point, you kind of get this sense that like, wow, he never, he's won three championships by this point. And I don't know that that was ever realized. Like he loved his dad for sure, mm -hmm. but he was still struggling with that years later. It's, it's such an interesting thing. And, and I think we, we talk to enough people here in real, we're in a relationship with enough people here that we see that that is a real source of fear that some people may not, um, may not attack, you know, as they should in their life. You know, it's something that kind of lays on the back burner often. Elaborate a little bit on the that kind of fear you're talking about, because not everybody that's listening right now may have heard Sunday yet or Good ever. Call. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, it was not a seamless transition. Um, yeah. We talked about, and this is something that I talked about um, Sunday, just this scene with um, Michael and his dad and just kind of how it kind of, it fascinated me to watch how that spurred on the next nine episodes or, you know, whether it's 10 hours of your watching it or 30 years of his life. Um, but I think it's a great example of fears, this fear of, of um, not measuring up to somebody or not meeting your potential or not being good enough for somebody that you love, like your father, to respect you. That fear can propel you to do certain things. And in Michael's 
in in Michael Jordan's life, we see it as very successful, like you just said, Ben. Like, oh man, he's he's a multiple champion. He's got Jordan Brand. He's a billionaire. Like, if it was fear driving him, that's a great thing. But in reality, if you look at him, I don't. I said it Sunday. I don't think he's happy. He doesn't look happy. Yeah. Have you seen the compilation of um, things that offended Michael? Oh, yes. Like, man, he does say that a lot, you know, but it's the way that you paralleled it to this, the life of Saul, you know, (laughs) the ability to take this Old Testament king and say, hey, we have a little bit of framework here into how to understand this guy because we're, look at Michael Jordan, you know. And we do see a lot of people, and we should probably personalize this as well. I have experienced in my life hitting 40 now. I've experienced like, man, some stuff happened very early on that's been propelling me, driving Mm -hmm. me, holding me back. That stuff's going on in a lot of our lives. And that statement that we said a couple weeks ago about discipline, not fixing it. And we're we're really trying to box out or box around this idea of – you know, the, the stuff that moves into our story early has a very big impact on us. And unfortunately, the Christian community has learned to disregard therapy or disregard um, self-care, those sorts of things. So we just we're committed to like moving on. I've had this debate with a lot of Christians like, hey, if, if anybody's in Christ, they're a new creation. I'm like, hmm. OK, however, there's stuff there that it says also you need to continue working out your salvation. Yeah, I mean, David struggled with women the entire duration of his Christian walk. Like you, you can't yeah. you can't make that argument after reading the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can, but I, I think it's it's, it's, it's flimsy. One. Yeah, yeah, it's weak. yeah. I agree with where you're going with that. Like you're going to work out. You know, you're you're going to work out your faith with fear and suffering. Or um, what what's the what's the phrase? trembling? Yeah. Trembling, fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't. I think that that's one thing that's attractive about our community here is like there is this piece where it's like, hey, look, we're going to meet in some guy's garage and talk and you're going to have to talk about this. You know, it's it's almost impossible to exist in our community and not be vulnerable to that piece if you're actually a part of this community. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's and if you don't if you if you don't, you know, take part in that, then you're probably not going to be here really long. You're going to find somewhere else where you can go and sit in the back row and be comfortable, you know. Yeah, I mean it's a scary and frustrating thing uh, for a lot of people. Yeah. But I mean imagine yourself sitting in a room with with Michael Jordan. <laughs> I mean that's that's a crazy thought. Uh, but I do think based on what we've learned about what Jesus can do in people's stories, I would almost want to have that conversation with Michael. Like, I don't want your autograph, man. I want to talk about this thing. I, I hold fast and true to the idea that successful people are the hardest people to get to with this kind of message. Yes, and let's dial this in really, really closely to our community. And you referenced this on Sunday in relation to suicide. We are a successful community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like I yesterday I counted. I counted three Teslas. I drove past three Teslas. Walked past one, was in my neighborhood. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, there was what? definitely one in the parking lot Sunday. So. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, hey, we're not, uh, we're a successful group of people. And we don't, there are a lot of people that live around us that their lives would convince them that they don't need Jesus. Mm. Yeah. And, and I, I very actively tried to combat that on Sunday morning from the stage. And it's because, and Chase can attest to this, being a, a part of our student ministry, and you were in student ministry long enough to see the exact same thing. Like, we deal with these very successful people who are good people. Mm. We deal with their kids on a weekly basis. And it's not uncommon for their children to be the ones whose lives are falling apart. And that's mm. no fault of theirs, typically. 
it just means that you are also you're you're not Superman. Your family is susceptible to this just like anybody else, and success isn't a, it doesn't change that. In fact, a lot of times it masks real vulnerability. It's it's not able to come up in those conversations because you're like, well, what are you what are you crying about? You have this and this. Yeah, you know? yeah. W- w- how it works out, we we could break it down. Is that the adults that are successful, that are good people, have developed either healthy or predominantly unhealthy coping mechanisms. Yeah. Their children haven't had time to build those yet, but they're in a church community that's willing to be vulnerable and adults that are investing in them enough for them to be able to say, "Yeah, like I, I've actually my parents don't know this, but I've been cutting myself in the bathroom for two years." Right. They're just unaware of that, or yeah, I'm I'm hooked on the pain meds and um, I can get access to them through my grandparents. Or, yeah. And I th- you know. and you see both, you see the kids who, Hey, my parents don't know this, but you know, this is what's going on in my life. And then you, I, I have had the conversations in my truck with students who are cutting themselves and you say, look, I'm going to have to report this. And they say, I know that's why I told you because I knew you would, mm. you know, yeah, there's, that's heavy. It, it, it's a real thing though. Mm-hmm. There's hurt going on in our community, and I think a lot of times our, you know, whether it's just wealth or prosperity or whatever it is, we we tend to mask it. And I'm glad that this is a place where we can actively combat that, whether from stage and amplify in small groups, whatever that looks like. I'll tell you what's been haunting me is thinking about um, Saul's life, and you said this very early on in the series, what did he sacrifice or miss out on because of the path that he chose? And mm-hmm. because of that fear driving him. And it's so affected my mentality. I'm thinking about it watching The Last Dance. I'm like, look at what this guy accomplished. But what, I mean, how would Kirby talking about him? How would, I mean, Pippin apparently has moved in and he's like the friend, yeah. right? But what, what Shout other. Shout out Arkansas. Right, you're right. What other kind of thing. And this, him and Bill Clinton. Uh, yeah, right. this makes me think about my own life. Like what, and I've had this struggle with, uh, I talked about a couple of weeks ago with validation how many conversations or, or relationships have I been in where I just squandered them because I'm bringing this need for validation, this fear of rejection into the relationship, mm-hmm. and it turns into something it never should have been in the first place. And uh, this is something that's actually was um, running around in my mind as you started talking about uh, what's going on in students' lives and, and children's lives here in the area. And so much of what you said Sunday, man, sitting back there, I was sitting with Josh Robles, a friend of mine in the back, very back row. And uh, it, the experience of sitting in a gray chair in vertical church is just awesome. Like, I hate I can't have it more mm. because you're like, man, God just, this holy transaction happens inside this room where things are said. And I'm even in the rooms where these things are being planned. But God does something in that space between the speaker and the listener, just supernatural. And I felt like you're, you're reading my mail, like all the things that people describe to me when I'm speaking. And I'm like, is that really happening? You know, or did you just show up and you really need a church today? Um, I was in a good place, but I was sitting in the service thinking, man, I really, I really need to think about that. You know, am I doing sensible things with my time right now, or is fear driving me in a lot of ways? And what relationships are depending on me that if I don't get this straight in my story, am I going to have to watch their demise? And I'm hugely responsible for it. Yeah. Those are all big questions that you posed. Well, and I, I think that there's, you know, you see that in the life of Saul and, and we, we weren't as on the nose with it. It was a little bit of a nuanced point, but if you look at Saul's end and it's super tragic, but I think the most tragic part of Saul's story is that right before he dies, 
he watches people that he's friends with, people that he loves, like his sons, die as a result of what the decisions that he made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I thought you didn't say anything about this, but I thought all afternoon about the armor bearer and the fact that Saul runs himself through, mm. and then what happens next? Yeah, I'm like man, the the things that I'm doing, and and especially having a 13 and a 10 year old in my home, the things that I'm doing, I'm starting to pick up on the fact that they're doing them too. Right. Uh, you know, they'll say things to Cammy, my wife, the way that I say things. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't like it. It feels okay when I do it, but I don't like when you do it, you know? So the, the example that we're giving, and this even goes for our jobs and we're put in this position. And I love that we talk about this so much, but we're put in this position as professional Christians that work in a church where there's a standard that we're expected to meet by the way that we live, by the way that we act, by the way that we talk to people. And I think it's very clear now to the people in our community, we hate that. Yeah. I hate the fact that you expect me to be uh, the poster boy for the particular denomination and speak to you in a particular way. And you call me brother. And I'm like, that's the stuff that's gotten us in this mess in the first place. Just that false respect. And, uh, you know, so breaking down how we're acting and how it affects people. And if we don't address something and we go into isolation with it, how detrimental it becomes. I mean, man, you just, you unloaded this past weekend and it was, it was a cool thing to watch. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. Before we wrap up, um, consider the Raven, what, and, and maybe that's your answer. What stuck out the most to y'all over the series? Cause this is one that we were looking at, like looking at as we're excited for this series. I mean, it, even the artwork, when we saw the artwork, <laughs> we're like, yeah. Oh man, that's going to oh, be good. Perfect. Yeah. Um, what, what was the, what was the highlight of the series for y'all? Um, I think it was the overarching theme and that like you can, you can be on a really solid path with your walk with Christ and the amount of power fear has in destroying it. Mm -hmm. Uh, like I, there's literally no better story in the Bible than Saul's to, to show that. And I, I think fear is one of the more underrated, uh, tools of the enemy. Um, Maybe not underrated, less spoken about, because uh, people just, you know, we live in the South. Like people don't talk about fear. Sure, like, they don't talk. They don't talk about anything. Really <laughs> there you go on that football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So I think I think it was just cool to have a whole series dedicated to it, and not, uh, I don't know. Like we didn't like lift up on a pedestal the power of fear, but we really shined a spotlight on you know, this may be something you're missing mm. in your walk. And it's important because letting it sit there, it's, it's like a, it's honestly like a virus. Like it, it doesn't silently, but it does it but quickly. It eats away. Mm. I would, I would agree. And I'll, and I'll, I'll uh, pick up where you left off on that. And one moment in particular was when you were describing Ben, s- Ben, yeah, Ben, you were describing in week three, this interaction between Saul and the seer and, and just that weird turn of how everything that Saul had done that was good mm-hmm. in like one move out of his fear of the unknown completely shattered. Like mm-hmm. it's just done. Um, and so I, th- I think that was it for me. Yeah. I'd, I'd actually go to something more recent and, and I don't, I don't remember seeing it in your notes, but you, you stood up off the stool this past weekend and you said, did we really, plan four weeks around this one verse, you said, yes, we did, because it's that important. I was like, oh, yes, it it (laughs) is that important. I agree with you, you know, because it allows me what I need. And this is, I think this is James Clear, right? He says, you don't, you don't remove habits, you replace habits. Right. What I needed is not 
which this is what I've gotten my whole life. Hey, don't be afraid. Be more disciplined. Trust God more. Have bigger faith. Uh, who cares if you die? You know, it's, that's what I got growing up. So to be able to, I'm like, that's not working for me. You know, <laughs> fear is still here. I'm 40 years old. Your strategy hasn't worked. Yeah. Your strategy with the Bible hasn't worked. So what's the different strategy? And for us to be able to say, no, yes, consider the raven. The first step in considering the raven is acknowledging the power of fear, acknowledging that you have it, and also understanding that everybody else does too. Yeah. All right, so let's normalize that just a little bit. And then let's take what the Bible says. Yes, consider the raven and consider that God can care for you even in that. Man, that, that's been big. It's been such a huge source of relief because, man, I have been sweating personally. Can I run a church? I mean, that's a big fear. <laughs> you sure. know? It's like, oh, my gosh, vertical church. See what the enemy does. Vertical church is riding on me. Vertical church is riding on this meeting. You know, And uh, to be able to receive that message from the church, from God, from the Bible, just such a big thing for me. Like, I don't have to not pretend that I'm not afraid. It's caused me even to open up to the staff over the past number of weeks. Like, hey, here's my, here's what I'm afraid of. Here's my concern. Uh, here's what's bothering me. Yeah. You know, it's it's taking that conversation new le- new level. So, being able to take Luke uh, 12 and say, yeah, use that, use it in this way. Huge takeaway for me. Hello, Austin. Fancy seeing you here. This this is where we meet each week. <laughs> oh yeah. Fancy. Yeah. By the way, let me interrupt here. I feel uh, oddly left out in this whole thing. So, but well, I mean, we have, please continue. I told you way back when we have the beginning, and this is mine and Austin's. Okay. Yeah, this is All our right. thing. And yet, you and also Megan just thrive on interrupting <laughs> mine and Austin's little time. All right, I'll be over here. Let no, me know. We're, it's already done now. <laughs> okay. Whenever you're ready, Bro-mance Austin, ask over. us anything. I guess I'll ask questions now. <laughs> um, okay, we actually had some good ones this week. I'm psyched about it. Um, yeah, we usually don't. Yeah, usually they suck. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. Uh, <laughs> if, you're th- if you're wondering if it's you, it's, it's you. Yes. It's definitely you. Um, first one, what do you guys think leads to the division in the United States right now? Is it history? Is it the size of the population? Et cetera. Oof. Uh, I'm going to give the age old, an- not the actually the new age old answer new age? because it's, it is entirely accurate. It's social media. Mm. I think the root of a probably shocking amount of problems in modern society comes back to social media as an avid user of it. Yeah. Do you think it's the comparison that comes with it? I think it's echo chambers. Yeah. Echo chambers are bad ideas. I think, I think algorithms Broke American society. That's what I'll say. Top that, Ben. Yeah, that's a pretty c- complete answer. Um, you can copy paste if you want. It was pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good. I was, I'll co-sign that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I approve this answer. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's a lot of it. I mean, I just see a lot of rants going on. And the way that people are talking on social media, I'm like, I remember a world where you were just a lunatic. Mm. Like you were the guy that people avoided. Like, I'm not going to shop in that place because that person's there or that, that kind of man or woman owns that shop. I'm not going in there anymore. And now, now it's just unavoidable. And I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it, this is a really complex question, but I do think if you're just honing in on the division, yeah, I think it comes down to the, the two S's social media and selfishness. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I think they, I think they go hand in hand. I, I, as far as the division of it goes, I think, and this has everything in the world to do with algorithms, but I think that we are so 
divided into subsects of of our interests now mm-hmm. because you're because those algorithms are or whatever else you're used to everything pandering to every detail of what you like. And so back in the day if you liked rap, you like rap and you're kind of okay with almost any kind of rap given west coast east coast they may have shot each other. But those you, things that was were the beginning. But, that was but, the Illuminati. But you're you're, you're, a, listening, you're a fan you of something. Now you hear three percent of people in the world who like exactly what you like, and you think that that's everything. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a miserable way to live. You get you don't get any um, outside influence. It's it's not really fun. That's why I try to bridge the world between us nerdy gamers and regular people. <laughs> That's been my. That's it been is my possible. Path. Lately, every time I talk to Chase, he's talking to me about NASCAR, and I think it is the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. I almost brought it up in, my, in our meeting, or at the beginning of this podcast. I just, if I saw you on the street, I would never be like, you know what? I bet that guy that loves you. NASCAR. Yeah. I had, to, I renewed my license plate uh, yesterday, and I saw there was a advertisement <laughs> for NASCAR plates. I was like, no, mm. <laughs> it's tempting. But there, there is a, I don't know, I do, you do get kind of this groundswell of people, although there's a ton of division right now, where if I'm out, if I'm in Kroger with my mask on or whatever, at least when I see people now, and I'm a, I, I smile at people in stores, now they can't see my smile, so I talk to them. Um, hmm. I don't know. It's just kind of like there is some little dose of, hey, I'm also happy to be interacting with a human right now. You know? Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's also another thing of it. I think the internet as a whole, it's a little bit to blame because people can be freaking bleeps uh, mm. with no consequences because it's a screen. Yeah. You know, like there are people say things on the internet that you YouTube would never, comments you would never toxic, say in Kroger. Man. Toxic. Yeah. 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 The internet is uh, undefeated. <laughs> yeah. It knows what it's doing. It's, it's nailed the battle so far. Okay. okay. Part of my, before we move to the next question, part of my big problem is we don't have enough people that understand that there are powerful people pulling these strings and they're just puppets. They're playing into the system. Don't give me your Gen X conspiracy theories right now. No, no, it's not a conspiracy. I mean, look at Zuckerberg in front of, he's like, bleh, 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 bleh. we don't need to talk about Zuckerberg. Listen, I, I think Zuckerberg's the puppet. I know. I think that he, well, <laughs> we're not knew, doing this. I knew I was going to say We're not doing all. You also believe in the moon landing, though. So the, I don't want to hear this crap. But the general theory of the, and this, this word has been so hijacked, but the general narrative that we're given that everyone's kind of generally innocent and they happened into a good idea and now they're a zillionaire, this isn't how the world works. You become rich by taking more of the available resources just for you. And you figure out how to manipulate other people, Jeff Bezos, to do that. I mean, come on, let's let's be real about this. And like, oh no, no, this this, this is just a natural thing. Look, at no, no, people are putting this information in front of you. There's a reason why you're reading the same eight people on Facebook every day hmm. because they think that that's the people that you care about. There's a reason why if someone says something to you in a conversation, suddenly you see an advertisement on the right hand. Like people are still not I, smart to I this. Will, I will say though, we are attracted to the negative. And so if you are constantly looking at negative things on social media or on the internet, that's naturally what the algorithm is going to put in front of you. If yes. I, I'll tell you this out of experience because I love TikToks of dogs. And so Caitlin and I will watch TikToks of dogs on the couch for hours. I promise I've got more ads about just puppies because that's all I've looked at. And it's yeah. like, wow, this is uplifting, you know? So the other I think day, part of it is yeah. our own negativity. I agree. I broke Spotify the other day because I listened to a Randy Travis song. 
Oh, and it just yeah. had it had no Done. idea what to do with me. We should oh, really have another question. Speaking <laughs> of that question, actually, here's a good one, and that may be your answer, Ben. Who was your hero when you were young? <laughs> Randy Travis. Randy Travis. Um, when was young? I mean, fir- first it was He Man, but that was a cartoon. That was very early. I, I'd take say that's how the question was worded. So. No, I'm, okay. but I'm asking you as the moderator. I don't know. I don't think that I, I mean, obviously when you're young, young, you have your cartoon heroes and Mm -hmm. then your dad or whatever. I'm going to say maybe more formative years, middle school, high school, who are you attached to? Mm. Um, Mine, there was a lot of internet personality stuff back then that I was watching. Like I, I, I'm a YouTube OG. So a lot of the people that I was getting impressed by, not 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 like because they're impressive but like you know what i mean like yeah they made an impression yeah uh or people like that Hmm. um i've been watching red and link a long time i do love red and link yeah mine is a more personal answer um i my personal hero was a guy that made a big impact in my life was a high school football coach which is interesting knowing who i the man i've turned into but uh, initially that guy filled a slot for me and I, man, he became like an icon. You know, when the guy walked in the room, I was on him and I was doing what he told me to do. And, and I super, super wanted to please him. Yeah. I would agree with that. My best friend growing up, um, all from when we were young, all the way till we graduated, his dad was our baseball coach until we graduated high school. And I remember being in high school and I lived with them. Like I never, I was never home, (laughs) never home, you know? And he, man, he would take me on vacation with them and we, he would, you know, everything like he was, he was always making sure that I was taken care of. And I just thought the world of him. Um, so probably. him. Yeah. I guess to show the power of relationship, I think. And it's part of what frustrates me right now about the general, um, tone of coaches, in particular places, I'm like, man, you just do not realize the influence you have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, we can't we can't bash on the people in our community. <laughs> no, no, I, I said coaches in particular. I'm, when I, mean, I called out a television show in Mississippi, <laughs> I meet a lot of them, and I'm like, maybe they're pushing away from the influence. I get the struggle, but yeah, for me, it was uh, it was shared Shaw, my football coach, and and stayed that way. Yeah. So all right, last question underrated artists we should be listening to since that never really falls into i almost said "Eh, that's a recommend (laughs) this was like a trap underrated artists we should be listening to i'm gonna definitely go last on this to see how this goes what yep you already said randy travis (laughs) austin you go um okay why do I always have to go first on things like this? Because you already had the question. So you yeah, that's right. Underrated. Okay. Uh, I'll give two. Um, I'll, and there will be two different um, genres. The the first, and y'all may have heard of him. I have been listening to a lot of J. Roddy Walston. Um, I haven't heard of him. J. Roddy Walston has a kind of, it's a, it is a weird, like, early rock kind of vibe. It's okay. a, it, there's not a whole lot of, it, it the mix does not sound complicated. I will say that, but I really enjoy it. Um, the other guy that I've listened, I'm listening to a lot right now. Um, different demographic is a guy out of Tampa, Florida, named Rod Wave. He's a rapper and he's he's pretty good. I like his stuff. 
is he one of those like I'm gonna start this on my own kind of like SoundCloud guy? Yeah, well, no, he's definitely not a SoundCloud rapper, but um, I don't know. He just has a certain like you see like he made a video a few like maybe a month ago and like it's actually shot in St. Petersburg where he's from and I'm like there's some authenticity to I I don't get that a lot I like rap music but I don't get that a lot in rap music because it seems a whole like it's very showy like you're not actually singing about what you're living and I like Rod Wave because it's like oh I think he's actually very genuine in the way that he writes lyrics that's cool that description will at least entice me to check it out I don't know that you would like him, but you <laughs> but would like J. Roddy Walston. I listen to stuff that I don't like just to listen to it okay. at times. Yeah. All right. Mine um, is it's the guy and then the thing he's a part of. So the guy's name is Lewis Cole. Uh, and the uh, I like his solo stuff. And I also like his that he was in a duo, duo called Knower. Uh, they are like electric jazz funk. Mm. Um, it is, it is a unique sound. Um, I, I like them a lot. Uh, it's just, it's just very different. Uh, and I enjoy it. Uh, and I, was, I like knowing about things that not many people know about it's just cause I'm just who I am. That's probably a normal thing. Actually. Uh, the second one is, am I, ha- can I have two? I had two. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> is a YouTuber slash Viner. Named uh, Bill Wirtz. Yes. Bill Wirtz. Uh, <laughs> you has, guys just exchanged a glance. Like you knew where he was going. He, I knew. The second I said YouTuber slash Slash Finder, I knew it, where he was going. He's the only musician that's really made it like that. Uh, Bill Wirtz is <laughs> nothing short of a genius. He has taken that 90s PBS sound and turned it into a sustainable music style that is complex and intelligent and sounds so freaking good. It, it's incredibly entertaining. Like you're so good. You're just like, why isn't this a thing? Anyway. Well, it is a thing. It is he a has thing. millions it's, of views. It's him. But yeah. Yeah. Bill Wirtz. Check him out. YouTube. He's a smart guy. Yes. Okay. So I'll, I'll here's how I'll start this answer. I, I don't know that I have a lot of modern, Randy Jackson. <laughs> have a lot of modern stuff going on. <laughs> Neil McCoy. Um, you guys probably don't even know who that is. No, nope. sounds like a Western character. He is. Yeah. Yeah country singer anyway um i'll go back and tell you that i've listened to two uh bands that i feel like i underappreciated during the time all right the first is chicago like i underappreciated these guys who chicago i know chicago i would have never thought of them as underappreciated though well i that's what i say you didn't appreciate i underappreciate yeah yeah i was like oh these love ballads what is this you know Uh, but I watched um, a behind-the-scenes thing. I won't go into all that, but Chicago underappreciated. In fact, you can hear a little bit of Chicago's influence on Mayer's stuff. Um, when he brings in horns, he does it in a very Chicago kind of way. Um, I see that. Yep. So also Aerosmith, completely underappreciated Aerosmith, right? Because <laughs> mm. I'm like, mm, whoa, they just – they. I feel like Ben cheated on this question. They played for a very long time. I Neither mean, one of them are underrated, though. I did, but for me, they were. I'm I like, don't think that. Who are these guys? Hmm. You know. So I'm going back and appreciating them. Gosh, you know who's underrated? Stevie Wonder. Yeah, <laughs> he was underrated. Hendrix, Michael Jordan. Hendrix was unappreciated. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, so all right, I have a few people that I listen to, like in the the singer songwriter. Um, That's way. where I expected you to go. Yeah. yeah. So there is a guy that I I listen to. I look back to a lot. His name is Mark Broussard. 
know if you guys have heard of him or not, but he's, so. he's kind of soul bluesy. Um, he's really good on a guitar. Vocally, not that super great, but he puts together a, a really good song. So Stevie Ray Vaughan. Uh, I yeah. love Stevie's voice. Maybe may a little bit like that. There's also a singer-songwriter that falls a little bit more on the foreign acoustic side that I listen to a lot named Ben Howard. Um, he's got a lot of lot of good stuff. I was gonna mention Foy Vance, but he's, some of he's his, growing. Yeah. Some of his latest stuff, I'm like, this is weird, man. They just quit being so weird. Yeah, I don't know that he's underrated anymore either. Yeah. I think he's fairly popular. Yeah. Now. My new favorite now, this is the last guy I'm gonna mention, is uh Andrew Duhan. Duhan. Yeah, Duhan. Mm-hmm. Um, man, he's got the combo. He puts together a great song, he can work in acoustic, and he's got a great voice. I just, I like his, I forget the name of his album. Uh, it's got, uh, the track I listen to a lot is No Man's Land. So there, I've, there is a recipe for being successful in Ben's eyes. Sad, good with the guitar, saucy, sassy vocals. Yeah, uh, that's or, it. Yeah, and if you have two people, like say, I don't know, like Penny and Sparrow. Uh, <laughs> then it's like, <laughs> you just crushed my soul. Yeah, or you can just be super sad, and then if you get happy, I hate you, which is, that's the Counting Crows. I'm like, you just need <laughs> you to be sad, man. You have a personal vendetta against just, the Counting When you release a happy song, I'm like, you have betrayed your audience. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? what? All of John, like John Mayer recently has been a fairly happy guy. Oh, which, I know. Which, and there are people that hate it, but I would, I loved, um, oh, what was the album where he was like kind of just out in the middle of nowhere? Um, Wildfire? Yes. I love that album, and it doesn't get enough love. Mm. I did. We could probably have this. We could do a whole segment on which mayor is the best mayor. Did you like Born and Raised? Uh, yes. Yeah. But it was because he was emerging from total heartbreak destruction. Wow. You could hear it in all the lyrics. Snarky Puppy. Ooh. Recommends, recommends, Audio speed, and Austin, you are live. Going first. That means I get to recommend? Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, the song already happened. We How much do you happened. hate your position in this segment? I don't, I don't like it because here's the thing. I'm you, I like At the beginning of quarantine, I had all my recommends. Now I'm just like, I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, we, you would have, like this podcast, outside of a pandemic, there would have been real sustainability with our recommends. Now we're just blowing through crap. I'm yeah, we're like, bored. well, no. I've, I've consumed five years worth of stuff in really the, oh, Which months. actually leads to the one recommend that I have. So- what I've been doing, we got into a competition last week. Um, w- like, what were the top five TV shows that you ever watched? Like, what is what was the best? Competition? Yeah. Competition, Who, not a competition. Who's a, we? Uh, discussion? A discussion. A discussion mm. about the top Just five. Just like your crew, your friend group? or Who's here? Here. Okay. <laughs> your crew. My posse. Yikes. The squad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we call ourselves the squad. I went back to my n- 90s. <laughs> Yeah, you I so anyway, the Counting Crows. we were discussing the top five TV shows of all time, and which prompted me to go back and watch one of them. And so I, I, I won't necessarily say which one it is because we can't recommend TV shows. Because, you know, but yeah. I would recommend that you go and make that list for yourself and revisit it because right now you're just watching stuff on Netflix or Hulu. 
It's garbage. It's like a three and you're watching it because you need something to watch. Mm -hmm. Go back and revisit the classics, the ones that you really love, because then you're like, oh, I forgot about that. And you may find like me that your spouse never watched it. And so you get to introduce them to something. That's pretty fun. Yeah. I will agree with you. And then I, I look like the top 10 things on Netflix. I'm like, if this is the commentary on our world and where it is right now. I think it's just like, I'm so scared. What, what else do you do? Like, what like, are you doing? Wait, right now? I, don't know. I guess I'll try this. I literally spent like 25 minutes the other day searching Hulu, trying to find something to watch. And then I just ended up watching stuff on YouTube. That's anyway. why YouTube is winning. Cause you have, it's like, Oh, eight minutes. I may like it. Yeah. I'm not doing that with a 58 minute episode or something. Yeah. So your recommend is go back. You want to go back, build a list and go back and revisit. You, you should want to build a list of your favorites, have that discussion with people that you care about, and then take the time to go back and watch what is actually quality. Yeah. This is the thing that divides us a little bit, though, because I go back to those shows that were like, I'll go back to a Cheers and you guys are like, what a terrible show. I'm like, no, Cheers is a good never show. Cheers. Yeah. So anyway. I think, just, I don't know. I think whatever it is for you, though. It's I mean, fine. Yeah. So I just need to get out of that. I feel old trap. I'm just, curious what your... You can't feel old if you are old. You just are old. Uh, yeah. I'm curious what your top five would be, though. Man, I Not don't... Not here and now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have time. Okay. Sorry. I don't know what that would be. Although I could... I'm willing to build that list and be brave and, and share it with everyone, so... I have mine on deck. <laughs> All right, so who's next? You. I'm next. Okay, want. Um, I'm going to say for... Your want, what you want. How many times can I say that to, to buy what myself some time? Sounds like a, a peanuts adult. What do you want? Um, okay. This is going to be a food. Speaking of age, because my wife made fun of me for this yesterday. Uh, I picked up for the first time lemon Oreos. Oh. Exactly. I'm like, I'm going to go for broke here. I'm so intrigued. What this is going to be like, I'm going to give it a shot. Ooh. Because I normally don't like the birthday cake Oreo, the mint, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, let's stick with the original. But I got the lemon, and I and I ate one as soon as I got to the parking lot. I, I opened, <laughs> oh, my I was, God. I was so curious. I'm like, <laughs> rip the top what off. Here move. we go. So I'm like, you know what? This is surprisingly good. But is this surprisingly good because I'm a, a 60-year-old, 40-year-old? Or does this stand up to the test? What was the plan if they weren't good? Were you going to give them to like a homeless person? Or like- <laughs> just bring them up here, yeah. you know, because people eat, people eat at this conference table in our, oh, in our building, anything because anything. it's sitting there. When yeah. you hit that two o'clock snack time, it's like, whatever it is. I'll take it. There's a loose Chick-fil-A sauce. I'm about to down <laughs> that thing. Do we have any straws? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but I took it home and I handed it to my uh, oldest, Owen. And he was like, oh, lemon. He said, this is going to be disgusting as he's starting to eat it. Then he admits, you know, this isn't that bad. Hey, good for him. Yeah. Good for him. So I think more people should give this a shot. Lemon, lemon Oreos, okay? What you're going to need, and I'm saying this because I'm staring at two here in our building. I have recently seen the power of a good cooler, mm. especially with the heat. Uh, here in Mississippi and in the South in general. Oh my goodness. So to be able to have ice cold drinks portable with you, and I'm not saying that you have to get the Yeti or all the 50,000 Yeti knockoffs. I've got a cooler from 1986 that I've stole from my parents that's working just fine. Do you keep it? Do you have the power move of keeping it in the bed of your truck now? Yeah, I've done a little bit of that actually. If I know there's going to be a lengthy day, I think that's cool. But you don't, I mean, you don't have to have a truck to make that happen. But man, I think people just underestimate having your drink of choice 
swing you by, throwing some ice in there. And then at a random point in your afternoon, you're like, man, I'm thirsty. Boom. There it is. I think, I don't know. It's just value. But take we don't the, advocate drinking and driving them. Yeah, no, def, <laughs> definitely don't do that. Um, I would be interested to hear the debate though, like the soft sided cooler thing. But, you know, some people like those bag coolers. I don't know. They seem to have a limited. Depends on what you're doing. Yeah, yeah they have I a limited capacity for me. Doing. I guess they're they're more portable or something. Um, I think you need a hard-sided. So uh, as far as where is concerned, um, I don't have any recommendations there, I don't think. I think everything that I could actually recommend that I wear, I've already recommended. That's where I'm point. at a loss because I wear the same thing so much. Yeah. I will. I will go this far, though in that my family has had a lot of fun lately of pursuing vintage footwear, like going back and grabbing those old shoes that like they stood the test of time. Even if you have to spend a little bit more money, and I'm talking about primar- primarily myself and my oldest son, uh, like this, this shoe is a little bit expensive for what it is, but I feel like those vintage shoes are going to carry you. I love old shoes. So I don't know. New shoes, they're more comfortable with the vintage shoes. New shoes, new shoes. Yeah, so. I don't I don't know. I would debate that. Like, they're not all more, com- like, I'm not trying to go play basketball in Jordan 1s, but. Although Jordan did. Yeah, for like a year. Yeah, people <laughs> used to play in All-Stars, too. There's a, there's a great episode <laughs> in The Last Dance where, like, he was going back to the garden, and he's like, yes. I'm putting on the Jordan 1s. And it's like, he got to the first half, and his foot was, like, bleeding. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to take those shoes off so bad. Bad choice. I've been stuck in a bad choice, too. Reed? Yes. Read so vintage footwear. Um, as far as the read is concerned, I'll have to be honest with the listening audience. I am just not reading much these days. I feel like my mental capacity is maxed out. I've I mean, hit that space. I was telling Caitlin that the other day. Yeah, so I, I don't have a read. I'll be honest. It's hard. Yeah. Cool. All so right. we should sum, oh. summarize those because they were good. Lemon Oreo, a hard sided cooler, and some vintage shoes. I mean, you really that. are eighty. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like a nice 80-year-old's day by the pond. <laughs> In the woven folding chair. Yes. You, they don't make these bamboo bowls like they used to. That's what it sounds All like. All I read is the farmer's almanac. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's going to snow in November this year? Yeah, crazy. crazy. It has a... <laughs> It has been below 30 in Mississippi since 37. Yeah. This year's the year. It's the one. You're going to be All a right, killer Chase, beat crop this year. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, want. What you want. All right. Going back to YouTube, because I, I feel like I'm the aficionado there, at least on the uh, entertainment side of it, because I do nothing productive on YouTube. Uh, there is a channel that's been around for a while, but I'm discovering most people in my circle have no idea who these people are. And I, it, it shocks me and hurts me. There is a channel on YouTube called the slow-mo guys that use high speed cameras. I'm talking like tens of thousands of frames per second to record all these cool things. Uh, sometimes everyday lives, sometimes explosions, uh, and show uh, what they look like in slow motion, and it it is incredible. It's you, captivating. They have so many. Like they they've been around since I think 2010 or something like that. So there's a huge catalog for you to dive into. Uh, well worth your time, okay? Because you can you can write it off uh, as scientific because they do a lot of explaining of things. Uh, very cool. Two British guys living their best lives. Go watch them, slow mo guys. Uh, what you need? All right. All you 
current parents of young young children like babies or future parents get ready all right diaper rashes are a thing all right they're Word. they're real what you need first is a good ointment for your child second go out to home goods or anything like that and get you a silicone spatula the small one so that you don't have to use your daggum finger gray <laughs> shepherd to apply <laughs> that ointment to your child's behind. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So you lather the spatula? You, no, you, you put Boudreaux's on a spatula? No, you squirt silicone spatula. It's like the really small, like uh, uh, square ones, I right? Yeah, Not for eggs and stuff, but yeah. like yeah. mixing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, get those. All right. Now uh-huh. I'm talking small because this is an you're, infant. You're talking baby. Yeah. 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 And then you squirt the ointment onto their butt, and then instead and of having you to use your finger, like you paint it on. Yeah, because it spreads it so evenly too, and you don't mm. have to. Do the whole deal with your finger. Even distribution. What about the waste, though, that is on the spatula? I was getting ready to roast you, but I realized I don't know anything about that. I couldn't. I was just I was too lazy for that whole process. What, what about the extra bin? Well, it's like I've got product that I'm paying for now that's now on a spatula that I, like, I can't get it back in the tube. I just got to burn it. You just wipe it on the diaper so that you, it You apply up. on yourself. You just... Yeah, that's right. That's really what I was asking for is the old man in the group. Diaper rash could be a thing well, in my Well, the cooling near future. function isn't stellar when you're a dude. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's, a valid, that's a valid point, yeah. actually. That's not great. Yeah. Uh, where? All right. I discovered this the other day because I was uh, self-shopping for my birthday gift. Because Rachel says she's just out, my wife. She <laughs> doesn't out. know what to do. I'm out. If I were rare. married to you, I would have that same strategy. Like, here's here's the money. I love you. Get something you want. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty specific. She says so. Uh, what you need to do, uh, Amazon has this cool feature. Now, I, I'm slowly having a weird inner battle with Amazon uh, as of late. We won't dive into it. Not everybody cares. Anyway. I think we're all there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, not the same battle. Okay. Uh, but they have a thing called Amazon Wardrobe. Mm. Not all of their clothing is on there or their shoes, but a large amount of stuff is. You can try it on for seven days if you just wear it around the house, uh, which is incredible because like, that's been the difference maker for me in like, going to shoe carnival versus Amazon because I really I hate returning things. I hate mm. it. It just... I just, I'm I really bad. I'm really return. bad at it. I would let it sit there. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I forget, and then I just buy it without wanting to. You can do it for seven days, and if you don't like it, send it back. First off, if you're a guy, find you a good woman that's very administrative and knows what she's doing so she can return it for you. She'll keep you out of a lot of trouble. <laughs> Second. If he doesn't take more heat for that than I do for cutting the yard stuff, I'm oh, off no, this podcast. I, 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 Why I, would I, you I, not I, marry I, somebody that lifts your weaknesses? <laughs> Okay. My wife is like a free babysitter. <laughs> so, yeah, it's true. Kayla does a lot. Hey, babe, babe, we have money? No, don't buy anything. Got it. <laughs> really? That's a conversation we have regularly. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, my question was how difficult is the return? Because I'm not, I don't like going to the UPS store either to return I'm, it. He's well, saying his wife does that for him. Yeah, but I, did you slap the label on and leave it outside your door? Or do you have to visit a, a freight company? Well, how do you return anything? How do I return? I have to put the label on it and take it to the UPS or FedEx location. Yeah. But my no, thought is like, if you, if you have to return it to Walmart, you got to go over to Walmart. I would rather and deal with their customers. I would rather service. drop it off at FedEx and have to go in, give them the receipt. They're, they're they don't that. really want to take it, but you're yeah. like, look, dude. Okay. It is easier. I'll give it that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. That's, that, that was a weird end. It was pretty solid. Have you, have you read anything? 
Never. See, Never. I feel like we should kind of hand the baton off. I haven't been reading that much, so it's kind of like... It I did needs say, to be somebody. I'm kind of interested to start reading some Malcolm Gladwell, but Ooh, we haven't gotten there yet. I can hook you up. Yeah. Honestly, I may just listen to him, and then that, that way I never have to have a read Honestly, option. he's one he's one person that I would say is actually better. Either way, I'd give you credit as a read if you just listened. Really? Oh, oh definitely. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'll start doing that then. Game changer. Talking with strangers. No. Oh. They adopt. They uh, adopt. Uh, uh, see, see you later. later. <laughs> 